Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. F- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me on this fabulous Wednesday is a man that I have seen dominate a flag football game in the blistering Florida heat, Mr. Dave Burles Berlin. Say what? Oh, man, Doc, it's been too long, Mm -hmm. and you are making me blush on this fantastic Wonderful Wednesday. I I saw it happen. I Man. I saw it happen, ladies Man, and gentlemen. I it, I forgot that you got to witness some greatness. It on was the, on the green out there. It was a it was a, a connection, a beautiful mind body connection of Dave and El Jefe May yes! just coming together mm-hmm. with amazing moves. You wouldn't think, but you that that El Jefe May he can jump up in the air, that spindly Dude. body just <laughs> It's so funny because you you look at some people, you know, when you're like warming up or you're like getting your cleats on or mm-hmm. you you're at a basketball court like shooting hoops. Mm-hmm. You never and you're know just kinda scouting out the talent and you never know and you're like, Okay, well that guy's at least, you know, six one, six two, like yeah, you know. We'll we'll take him. Yeah. Next thing you know, dude's running like a four four and yeah. has a forty inch vertical, and you're like, okay, uh, I didn't see that one coming from the goofy guy who likes to yeah. mountain climb and exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then you forget he has like a state championship ring from well, high school. So. Well, it's one of those things you just you you uh, with basketball it's easier because with basketball when you you can see people warming up. You know, you can mm-hmm, check out mm-hmm. their their ball handling as they're shooting around. You can check out their jump shot. You get an idea, at least somewhere in the ballpark. Uh, with football, sure. though, it's you know, like because nobody's out there running routes before a pickup game of football. Nope. So like, you sure. don't have any idea how fast they're going, and then all of a sudden, full speed, and you're like. Dude, he just left me in the dust and then jumped three feet mm-hmm. in the air to catch that. What's that all yep. about? Like, Jeez. you know, it, it's it's way different. Whereas basketball, you can tell, like, uh, at least somewhat, when you're like, "No, this might go bad. Uh, we might, mm-hmm. we might, we might lose ten to zero on this one. This is gonna be, mm. this is gonna be rough." Anyways, anyways, I got I got sidetracked. Good times. That's okay. Good times with the pickup. Good times reminiscing. Uh, Dave, you know I'm a fan of animals. Of Hmm? course. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked all sorts of animals on this show. Lizards, snakes, cats, dogs, bears, horse. Mammals, amphibians, reptiles, all of them. Marsupials. We love them all. We love them all. In fact, uh, it's funny you should say marsupials. It reminds me, I saw a bumper sticker the other day that said, I break for possums. And I was like, hey, I do too, bro. I do too. A lot of people don't. I don't care if they're ugly. I still break for them. So true. Plus, they get blinded by the light they can't see. They're not as bad as armadillos. Armadillos are the worst. They'll, like, freeze, yeah. They have no idea. Plus, they're, like, almost deaf. Like, they can't see. Mm -hmm. They can't hear. So, like, a car comes up, and they're just like, what? Hmm. Is there something around? 
Where should I waddle off to the other side? Yeah, it's bad. Anyways, that's not what I'm talking about. Word. I want to talk about an article that I was drawn to, Dave. I was was cruising the news, and Mm -hmm. I saw an an, an animal article, and I was instantly excited. And the story that I came uh, across was about crows. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Now, okay. now, now, first of all, let me state to the listeners and you, Dave, I am pro-crow. That's a fact. I am pro-crow. Yes! Trust me, folks. I love me a good I, crow. Okay? I need to know more about them. Okay, continue. Well, so, first of all, do you know what a group of crows is called, Dave? Hmm. Mm, a crotch. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. Yes! I might like crows even more if they were called a crotch. Um, <laughs> they're called a murder, Dave. A group of oh, crows is called a, that's a murder. Good, that's a good name. That's yeah. A good name. Yeah. What a bad name for you and your bros. Hey, just me and my murder hanging out. Don't worry about it. Like, that's pretty cool. Dude, gangster crap. That's yeah. Uh, and, you know, one thing I love about crows, they're not fair weather birds. Nope. You, you you can go outside, like, you know, in, let's say, upstate New York, and it's like negative 20 outside. They're still crows. Yes! They're still mm-hmm. hanging out, mm-hmm. you know? Or you yep. can go out at, at 95 in the middle of the day in Florida in summer. They're still out there partying in the trees. That's right. Those dudes don't care. True. They, they're not fair weather birds. They'll do anything. Now, the thing that brings me uh, to this article, and the, the thing you may not know about crows, Dave, is that they are some smart animals. They I are. I know that. They're very smart. They're one of the smartest birds. And relative to body size, they have a very large brain, actually. So true. Um, oh. They do a lot of crazy cool things. Uh, for instance, they, uh, they recognize humans. If humans mm-hmm. do something good for them, they know that human for the rest of their life, apparently. Like, they will wow. see that person on the street and be like, hey, They're that dude loyal. gave me food. Yeah, and it's like, I like that guy. And then, you know, if okay. somebody does something mean and, like, swats them away, they're like, and I remember you. I hate you. I'm going to try to crap on your face, you know? <laughs> Wait, uh, what? They, they remember Dang. these things. Yeah, it's impressive. And they actually can talk to each other. There's a there's a researcher that does this, um, this research where they record crows calling, and they, they, they can tell that these calls are different depending on who they see. Like, so literally, they're talking to each other like, hey, watch out, that guy's a turd down there on the sidewalk. Yeah, that guy behind him's mm. nice, though. He's cool. Like, they're literally having a discussion. It's crazy. Wow. Uh, and a year ago, I remember putting my trash out on the curb, and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's trash day. I went inside, got a couple other things, and left for work, mm-hmm. and it was about 10 minutes mm-hmm. later. Literally, two crows had already cut into my garbage bag and pulled out the one thing that had leftover food in it and were eating it. They had, wow. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're crafty fellas. Which brings me to the article. Well, that must put you on the good list then. Yeah, yeah I mean, you Cause know. Because you, you, you technically gave it to them. Plus, I was giving them, too. I was giving them a, a, a mind puzzle. I'm like, I got to figure mm-hmm. this one out. We gotta work through this. He's he's put it in a mm-hmm. present for us. Sweet. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, 
So birds, for birds, crows are crazy smart. Now, um, let's keep in mind that as animals, birds are also the animals that fly into windows and try to fight themselves in mirrors. That's a fact. So there is a low bar for that animal. With that animal, they're smart, though. That's what I'm saying. Now, this article, yeah, though... I, I would have never known. This article, though, was a little bit ridiculous. And it was ridiculous in several ways. The, the, the title was, Crows are even smarter and scarier than we thought. Word. Mm. That was the title. Mm-hmm. And so, first of all, they never explain why crows are scary. Nope. Like, like, there's no actual explanation to the scariness. All it is is uh, is a, a study. Uh, sh- they're showing a study uh, of how they're they're smart, and that's the only thing that the article talks about. And I'm just like, uh, I still am lost on why they're scary. And I'll tell you right yeah, now, they should have put a little bit of information in the in the introduction. Well, See, I know I, crows get a bad rap because of X, Y, and Z, but really yeah. they're really smart and good for you. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll tell you right now, and I'm going to stick by this statement, Dave. I'll say mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. Statistically mm-hmm. speaking, you're much mm-hmm. more likely to get killed by a human than a crow. That's a fact. I'll just go ahead and say that right in, right in here right now, and I'm sticking to it. Wow. It's, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's a you're breaking news there. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's true. It's true, and I will stick by it. But... Anyways, so they explained this this uh, study, and basically it's from a Cambridge researcher. And what they mm-hmm. do is they gave uh, they showed crows. Uh, basically, they had these crows in front of them, and they had ripped these little pieces of paper, and they'd put these pieces of paper into these slots. And when they put the mm-hmm. paper in, it would push out a little pellet, a food pellet, right? So mm-hmm. then they gave the the crows the piece of paper and just let them be. And the crows learned how to get the treat. They learned how to oh. tear the paper, even though they gave them different types of paper than the humans used initially to teach them this. They had to learn with a different type Dang. of paper. Yeah. Yeah. So it just is obviously very impressive. Very impressive. Very. I, I think another a new study would be comparing this time in which it takes them to learn that compared to other animals that we categorize as smart. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and what they really got from that was that it suggested that crows can produce proper tools from their memory, even though the task was new to them. That's a fact. You know. Then Yeah, true, that, true. They could recreate it. Yeah. That was where the author really lost me. Because then, <laughs> after that point, <laughs> well, then, well, then he compared this—the idea that crows mm-hmm. can do this—he compared it to humans, mm-hmm. and how a designer of a Ferrari doesn't need to go back and look at the first automobile ever to be able to design a car now. Wait, what? That's uh, what he compared uh, it to. Let me repeat, listeners. He compared a human. Making a machine that burns hydrocarbons and an internable, internal combustible engine that can go up to 200 miles per hour to a bird tearing paper to get food. 
It's a little bit of a stretch, is all I'm saying. I feel like he could have. I feel like that guy is smart enough to come with a a better comparison. So true. Maybe a little bit, you know. Maybe not such a drastic one, you know. Just like mm-hmm, maybe compare mm-hmm. it to a chimpanzee, <laughs> which people think is very smart. Them doing something, like Dave said. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's just an idea. <laughs> To to sum going, going from crows to Ferraris just like that. To sum up, Dave, I'm pro crow, and the show is pro crow. Okay, uh, I'm pro crow now. You've you've transferred transitioned me over to the crow side. To yes, the, to the dark side. Sweet. Yes. Are you ready to fire up the show that is pro crow? Let's fire it up. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Yes. Man, I was I was proud of myself for not screwing that up. There were so many rhyming syllables there that I was for sure I was going to screw something up, pro, and I pro, didn't. Pro crow, pro, yeah, pro crow show, pro crow show, pro crow show, yeah, oh, nice. pro show, glam, nice. Dave, I'm very excited. We've got a fantastic show. We've got the Blackwater Fever on the show, all the way from Brisbane, nice. Australia. Yeah, yeah. 14-hour okay, time down difference. Under. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm very excited. We have something that we haven't done in a very long time. Hmm. We're breaking What's out that? again. Challenge versus conspiracy later on in the show. Ooh, yeah. Okay. But first, we need to start where we start. A birthday suit. Let's go. Happy birthday. Okay, um, this is a very, very well-known person, Dave, but it is not in your wheelhouse. Mm. This is, Dang. this is a historical figure, um, I think you know who, well, I know you know who it is, but I, I'm afraid you may, uh, confuse it with the guy that he worked with. I don't know. Okay. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. I may be completely wrong. You may have this history down pat, and I may just be wrong. We'll see. Okay. True. I, I gave it 71%. 71. Okay. 71. All right. So he was born in Wapakoneta, Wapakoneta, mm-hmm. Ohio, mm-hmm. Uh, August 5th, 1930. I, by the way, I practiced that Wapakoneta. I'm pretty proud Wapa. that I was able to to say it. Um, Very nice. Thank you. 1930, August 5th, 1930. Uh, from a young mm-hmm. age, he was fascinated with flying. His dad mm-hmm. took him for his first flight in an airplane when he was five. He took mm-hmm. pilot lessons when he was in high school and could solo pilot before he even got his driver's license. Jeez. At the age of 17, he went to Purdue University where he studied aeronautical engineering. After college, he went into the Navy where he was a pilot. And mm-hmm. in he went into the Korean War and earned several accolades and medals. Hmm. In the early mm-hmm. 1960s, our birthday suit wearer started to perform missions for NASA. He was part of several missions, including Gemini 5, Gemini 8, Gemini 11. In 1969, he was part of the Apollo 11 mission that was to the moon. 
He stepped out of the lunar module onto the moon and said, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Neil Armstrong. Yes! Okay, fantastic. Come on, guys. Hey, I was 71. Oh, my gosh. I wasn't sure if you'd say Buzz or not. Sometimes people get him confused with Buzz Aldridge, you know? I mean, Buzz was there. So a yeah, lot of that's, time. That's the one thing I was a little skeptical. I was like, I, I, I forget if he said it or not, but Well, I, I told you know, I, that's I told you I knew you knew it. I just wasn't sure if you get it confused. I was I was okay. I was sure you knew Neil Armstrong. So true. Um, okay, okay. Sadly he passed away in two thousand twelve. But uh I mean RIP. Live- 82 years, solid life, obviously. Definitely. Pr- pretty cool to be the uh, only, per- uh, well, the first person to say I was on the moon. And I think it's Definitely. only like 12 people or something like that that have ever been on the moon. I can't remember the exact really? number. It's very oh. low. You know, we don't really do it anymore. It really is one of those things that really lost its luster after we did it once. We're like, that was really hard and really expensive. Yes! Let's not do that too many more times. Let's don't go there anymore. <laughs> so true. Anyways, happy birthday, Neil. All right, Dave. Are you ready? It's time to rip some headlines. I'm ready. Let's rip it, buddy. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Whew. Okay, Dave, you missed it last week. Uh, we had a story of someone shoot quote-unquote warning shots inside a Miami hotel. Wait, what? And they shot Mm. these warning shots because random strangers wouldn't listen to their request for them to social distance themselves. Word. So this falls on the opposite (laughs) side. These are guys feeling that they didn't, uh, that people aren't following the rules enough for COVID. Well, this so week like the opposites of Karens. Yes. So this week we've moved back to the other side. Um, so Adam, Adam from Pennsylvania, he went into a cigar mm-hmm. shop last week on Friday. Uh, when he went in, the owner told him, "Hey, put a mask on." Adam said, uh, "No." Hmm. The owner Make said, me. "Well, you got to leave then, man. I'm sorry." They got into an argument, and then Adam decided to leave, but before he left, he grabbed two cigars and walked out of the store without paying for him. Showed Just, you. Yeah, got him. The owner followed him out of the store and was like, hey, man, give me those two cigars. Uh, that's when Adam turned around and uh, grabbed his gun out of his pocket and uh, shot one bullet in the air and then two near the store owner. Wait, what? They don't say how near in the uh, story. They just say near. So, like, okay. I mean, you know, really anything in a horizontal direction. Just be in di- the direction. Re- yeah, sure. Really the, anything in a horizontal direction. If I'm the store owner, I'll be like, that was too near me. Okay? We need to stop that. That's a fact. Anyways, so the police set out a warrant for Adam, and they called up to him the next day. Right? And uh, mm-hmm. as soon as they caught up to him, he opened fire on the police. Jeez. Not a good oh move. Oh, gosh. What yeah. An idiot. 
and one of the police officers shot at him. Uh, they, they, it was a minor injury. Apparently, he was flown to the hospital. He's being treated for the wound. He's okay. Uh, now, when the news uh, team contacted Adam's lawyer, he mm. said Adam wasn't handling the pandemic well with the loss of his job and the loss of the custody of his child. I think he was getting stretched too tight. End quote. Word. Which, two things, Dave. First off, I'm glad to hear Adam's going to be all right as far as his injury. Good. Good thing he's going to be okay. Second, I got to be honest. I don't know what other explanations this attorney has in his explanation bag, Hmm. but he better Mm -hmm. find one because uh, flipping out, about a mask and stealing two cigars over a lost job and a child custody, totally understandable. So true. Shooting a store owner and then at cops, not too understandable. Nope. Like <laughs> a little, if, a little too, a little too far there. Yeah, if he would have just done the first two things, that explanation I could get. Okay, yeah, stretched thin, lost custody of his kid. Yeah, he lost the job. That's horrible. Yeah, two cigars. Come on, let it slide. Um, shooting it, folks. Nope. Can't let that one slide. It's a Cro- little cross bit, the line there. Little bit higher on the list, you know. Uh, Dave, I've got an actual headline. We got a got a okay. got a real one here. I want to read you. This comes from uh, Tampa Bay Times. Quote: YMCA offering free swim lessons across Tampa Bay. End quote. Hmm. Cool. I love to hear that. That's good, you know, but just thinking about this, right? Don't you think the editor at the news station should have been like, hey, how about we change it throughout the Tampa Bay area? Because the way you got it right now, it looks like people are having to swim across Tampa Bay. That's not what people want, right? Because like, if I'm a a kid and I read that, I'm going to be like, hey, mom, there's no way I'm making it all the way across that it's like 15 miles. To, I'm just gonna, to get to swim lessons, Mom? Come on. I, I'm going to... Dr- pay, pay 100 bucks. I'm going <laughs> to drown the first 50 yards. That's for sure. That's uh, It's never been my swan, strong suit. Dave may be able to make it. I'm not going to make I, it. That's it, for it sure. It would take me a while, but I'd make it. That's I would not. <laughs> nope. For sure. We can go ahead and write that one down. Have I ever told you about the time I almost drowned with my brother? Did I tell you about that? No. Oh, oh, good story. I might have. We're gonna have to tell that one on the on on the oh. show. We don't okay, have time okay. today, but it's a good one. <laughs> we'll keep it keep it in there for it's, next time. It's me just being a horrible swimmer, and my brother being amazed at how bad of a swimmer I am. Anyways, oh, and that's man. that's previously on, t- on the Doc G show. That's on Write top of me, Dave. Being uh, being in swim lessons for literally like eight years of my life and I was still that bad of a swimmer. still couldn't swim. (laughs) Still. Like, I could swim, just not good at all. Like, if if I'm in a lake and there's no wind and I've got to get from, like, a 20-yard, you know, a 20-yard divide, I can do that fine. I'm confident in that. If you put me in in an ocean... I instantly drowned. Yes! It's a, instantly a different game, ball game out there. Anyways, I've said enough. I've said enough. 
Uh, Dave, have you ever heard of Sturgis Bike Rally? Hmm. I have not. No, you haven't? Mm -mm. So Sturgis is the biggest uh, bike rally in the country. Uh, and it's actually coming up on the 80th anniversary of the Sturgis Bike Rally. It happens in South Dakota, in Sturgis, South Dakota. It's this small town, and they just have a huge, huge bike rally where they do all things motorcycle-wise. You know, like mm. races and show bikes and it's all kinds. It's just a whole thing. Yeah. 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 Now, uh, like I said, this year would be the 80th anniversary 2015, they had their largest crowd ever. They had over a million people there. Jeez. Um, oh, dang. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this year, they weren't sure if they were going to hold it, right? Because mm -hmm. COVID makes sense. Right. They came to the conclusion, though, let's do it. Word. Yeah. Yeah. So they're doing it. Really? They're doing it, Dave. How, how many people? Oh, my. I just. Uh, yeah. Like, a, yeah. Why, like, it's stuff like this. It's like, just take a year off. Like, <laughs> everyone else is doing it. So true. Now, you would think that whether they should have a bike rally would really come down to, like, the citizens of Sturgis, right? I mean, they would be the people I mean, that would have the say-so since it, they it have like to live there. It, like, starts there. Yeah, the city council and all that stuff. So they did a survey of the citizens, and over 60% of the citizens said, yeah, we shouldn't have a bike rally. But they didn't care yeah, about I'm those citizens. it's even that low. Yeah, well, and then one concerned citizen says, this is a huge foolish mistake to make, uh, to make us host the rally this year. Um, the government of Sturgis should care more for its citizens. Whoa! Whoa, concerned citizen. <laughs> Come on. Citizens <laughs> acting like it's congregating in large groups that's the problem with this pandemic or something. Come on. And she's acting like she doesn't have any faith, Dave, that a bunch of drunken partying bikers aren't going to wear masks and aren't going to properly socially distance themselves and respect guidelines of public safety. Come on, of course. Uh, I wonder why. <laughs> those, <laughs> those folks would be the most likely to do it in my mind. Nope. Um, now, if you uh, think about man. it, right, Dave, there are 5 million people in America that have had mm -hmm. or have coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And there's a good, there's estimated, they're thinking it's going to be a very low year. It's estimated that 250,000 people will go to this bike rally. Hmm. Um, hmm. Just thinking about that, Dave, what do you think the odds that somebody is going to show up with coronavirus? Hmm. I'm guessing pretty good odds that somebody would show up out of those 250,000 people. I'm just saying. So true. Just At saying. At least one, man. It's, and uh, that's all it takes. The people, and, the, and they'll be asymptomatic and not know it, and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there it goes. Not good. We'll see how it, uh, how it plays out, Dave. It's coming here in about a week and a half, so get ready, because you may see an explosion of coronavirus in South Dakota. Um, and then carry it throughout the country when they go back to their hometowns. Uh, Dave, interesting mm. story. A rare blue lobster 
was found at Red Lobster in Cuyahoga, Ohio. Really? Yeah, they brought the lobsters in, and there was a blue lobster, and because it was so rare, the uh, manager at Red Lobster spared the lobster's life and gave the lobster to the Monterey Bay Marina. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I like to hear that. That's like a happy animal story. Well, in other news, Dave, all the other lobsters in that tank have been seen trying to buy blue paint off of Amazon. <laughs> Guys, we got to get it. Come on, man. That's oh, the secret. Yeah, you just got to be blue and they'll let you go. Ah. God, I, I felt so bad for the other lobsters in that story. I was just like, that one dude comes in. No doubt all the other lobsters are making fun of him because he's different. They're like, what a weirdo. He's, oh, wait, where are they taking him? Oh, no. He's not getting eaten like the rest of us. Oh, I want to be blue so bad. Oh, man. Okay, uh, Dave, you seem to be a responsible dog owner. I try to be. You take good care of Storm and Bentley. Um, Well, thank you. Have either of those dogs tried to jump out of the car window before? Hmm. Um, Bentley has tried, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Not good. Not good. I know it, man. Well, you, appar- you learn quickly to keep the windows up high. That's a fact. Yeah, well, apparently that happened to Tim Whitfield as well. Jeez. So, oh, no. Yeah, Tim Whitfield was in South Carolina uh, with his family, middle of July, they're going down a highway near Charleston, and oh uh, Bella, gosh. that's their dog, Bella, um, which is also coincidentally Jake's dog's uh, name is Bella. Name? Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in, in the middle of this drive, they stop at a stoplight, and Bella just mm-hmm. jumps out, just oh, jumps right out of the car, and uh-huh. you know they're, they're, they're calling back to Bella. She doesn't care. She's just off to the races hauling right hauling a and so they're looking everywhere for bella after that and they can't find her Mm -hmm. anywhere and a week Mm -hmm. and a half later 11 days oh my gosh they get a call from a family in miami wait what that was driving through the city and saw a dog wandering through traffic and were worried about it and it turned Uh out it was bella wow yeah. Charleston over, to yeah. Miami. Over Holy 600 crap. miles away from where she jumped out of the car. Jeez. You know? Wow. That's, that's one of those times you really wish the dog had a GoPro on. Like. The stuff it could have seen, man. Yeah. Like, Crazy. How did she get down? Like, I mean, I feel like there had to be some kind of transportation. Like, yeah, definitely. I, There's no way they did 60 miles a day. I mean, a dog could, potentially, especially if they're like, you know, like a race dog, like a, you know, like yeah, a husky, but, but then they probably pass out from the heat. But right. anyways, like, you feel like somebody had to pick up the dog, and like, I think about that, like, what do you think, like, a person picked up the dog, like, hey, nice looking dog, and drove like 200 miles down the, the road, and then they noticed the dog had a tag, and then they're like, oh, yeah, crap, geez. I don't want to drive all the way back. Nope. This gas yeah. station looks like a good place for him. Okay, like... It's just, He'll hitchhike the rest of the way somewhere yeah. <laughs> someone else. That's a fact. Lastly, we talked about this in a similar story about a cat a long time ago, except it was a much longer uh, time frame. It was like nine years that the cat was missing. Um, wow. 
But, like, I sort of get the feeling a little bit that Bella hates these people. So true. I mean... <laughs> she was she, just hauling to get away yeah. as far as possible. She I got mean, to Miami she, and she's like, what is this This water? I can't go past Exactly. It. I mean, she jumped out of a moving car window, didn't come back when they tried to catch her, then goes as far south as physically possible. Like... I mean, call me crazy, but your dog's trying to tell you something there. That's a fact. And then this this yeah. family in Miami dog brings food her. Or give it more treats. Yeah. yeah. And this family in Miami brings it back. She's like, oh, crap, not them again. Oh, Why are no. you bringing me back to them? <laughs> no. Uh, oh, another dog story, Dave. Another one. Got another one here. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, so do you know what type of dog is typically known for making mountain rescues in the Alps? Hmm. Um, it's... Is it a Bernese mountain dog? No, well, they, they can... Uh, they're not known, though, in the Alps. It's the St. Bernard in the Alps. Oh, yeah, is is that the one that in the, um, in the, the old barrels? movies used to have the, the medicine barrel? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's him. That, okay. that is a St. Okay. Bernard. Well, this past week, uh, a St. Bernard in England let down her brethren uh, because Daisy, the St. Bernard, had to be rescued herself uh, by the Wasdale Mountain Rescue Team because she was unable oh. to make the descent down the mountain Wait, what? due to hind limb pain. Uh, now, oh. the, the news article tried to make her feel better. Because they kept referring to it as the tallest mountain in England. And, like, I kept on reading that, and I was like, England doesn't have mountains. Nope. What's the right. tallest mountain in England? And I looked it up. It's 3,000 feet. Ma Maryland has a taller mountain than England does. Maryland. And they're known for crabs. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Like, but seriously though, you do have to feel bad for the Saint Bernard. You're like, oh, oh man. definitely. You're like, that's he's what doing these his job, and he, and he gets well, tired, and well, yeah, it's like that's what these dogs are supposed to be able to do. That's like that's like a rooster that doesn't crow. Now you're just a cock without the doodle do. Oh, it's no good, man. Doesn't sad. work. <laughs> Daisy, you got. I got like I want to find day. I'm gonna start training Daisy. You know, like we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get fit so she can just dominate that tallest mountain of England. Nothing's gonna keep you down. I feel like it was a little bit of the heat. You know, they've had a little bit of a heat wave in Europe, and she's really True. furry and big. Probably a little hefty. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's all right, Daisy. We got your back. Okay. You're going to get another try. Don't worry. Yes! Last story. Actually, I'm going to save this one for after the break. We're going to take a break, Dave. We will be right. right back after we hear from our guest, the Blackwater Fever from Brisbane, Australia, with Can't Help Yourself, right here on the Doc G Show. The needle falls.
are back here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Dave? Say what? Guys, do us a favor. Stop what you're doing. Boom. Go on your phone yes. and download whatever app you use yes. to download the podcast yes. and download the Doc G Show. Yes. It's simple. Mm. You'll get every episode we've ever made mm-hmm. pre Dave pre Justin mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know dude we're talking back in the archives which which side note uh your first show it, it caught a little bit of fire this week Word. it was it was listened Ooh. to it was in the top five shows this week for some reason Dang, some people people were missing out on some Dave last exactly. week. exactly they wanted to go back and see like how how did this fella start on the show? And guess what? How those, awkward was he at first? <laughs> those people, when they went back, they got... Dude, you did one amazing thing that show, I remember, because you jumped in right with me with the Law & Order theme song. And I was like... Yes. I was like, I can trust this turkey. Me and this dude can, <laughs> me and this he, dude can he get along. Freeze on the air. Yeah, <laughs> he freestyled the he freestyled the Law & Order. This guy's all right. Yeah. Nice. Anyways, nice. make sure you check it out, guys. All right, we need to do some uh, we need to do some shout outs. Shout Let's go. Okay, I'm gonna do the regulars rapid fire. I've been doing these real fast. Word. And good news, uh, Dave. I got worried while you were gone. Uh, Russia, Russia fell off. Moscow fell off. They're back. Don't worry, they're back. So true. I'll, okay. Good, I, good, good. I also may have uh, uh, may have offended them back off the show this week because last show, Wait, what? I uh, I yeah, made a little bit of fun of their vaccine uh, development Girl, come on. because it's Russia and Vladimir Ooh. Putin scares me. Yes. Let's be honest, he's a scary dude. Yes. Anyways, uh, let's let's hope they stick with me. Politics aside, guys, stick with the podcast. Anyways. Uh, okay, starting off, Jacksonville, Florida, hometown, shout it out. Shout Columbia, out. South Carolina, shout it out. Shout Gainesville, out. Florida, the swamp, shout it shout out. out. Radford, Virginia, thank yes. you for listening. Highlanders, Dublin, out. Ireland, keeping it real, keeping it locked on the Doc G Show. Boardman, Oregon, our second West Coast connection. Charlotte, North Carolina, the Queen City. Charleston, South Carolina. Barcelona, Spain, another international listener that we appreciate. Ashburn, Virginia, in the Commonwealth. Roanoke, Virginia, the Star City. Shout out to Roanoke. They've been really coming in with the listens hard. Thank you, Roanoke. Lots of listens coming from Roanoke. Yeah. Kenner, Louisiana, and the heart of New Orleans. Shout out to them. Madison, Tennessee on the side of Nashville. Shout out to you guys. Mountain View, California. Our original West Coast connection. London, United Kingdom. All the areas around. Pinner coming in with the most listens again. Uh, Orlando, Florida. Home of the NBA bubble. Shout out to you guys. Peoria, Illinois. Shout out to you guys. Genoa, Italy. Again, our favorite international. Well, not our favorite. You're all our favorites, but Longest, I'll say longest listening international. Uh, Brighton, United Kingdom, shout out to you guys. Bristol, Virginia, original home of country music. Moscow, Russia, our newest international listener. Thank you, Moscow. Fisherville, Virginia, shout out to you guys. And lastly, Columbus, Georgia. Those are our regulars, Dave. Yes. Bam. 
Yes. Dang, that list is getting long. I love it. It's 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 varied. It's nice. It's long. It changes. We lose a couple people. Sometimes they come back. I'd still like Hamburg, Germany to come back. I'd like Hamburg mm -hmm. to come back. That'd make me happy. Hamburg. Hamburg. Yeah. Yes. They'd come back. That'd make me happy. But you know what? I'm happy with our international listeners. Hopefully, they spread the love in their countries. We can only hope, you know? Uh, okay. Amen. Amen. Semi-regulars. First on the list, Louisville, Kentucky. Shout out to you guys. Okay. Shout out. Seaside. Still? Seaside, California. Shout, Shout out to Seaside. Out. Nice. Denver, Colorado, Mile High. Shout out to Shout you guys. Out. Los Angeles, California. There we go. Shout out to the City of Angels. Chicago, shout Illinois. Out. Shout out to Chicago. Shout out. Uh, Lawrence, Kansas. Shout out to Lawrence. Oh, Coming back with the okay. listen. Shout Brooklyn, out. New York. Shout out to Brooklyn. Shout uh, out. Knoxville, Tennessee. Shout out to Knoxville. And last, shout lastly, shout out to Fighting Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. There we go. All right. Okay. Newcomers, Dave. Are you ready? Always. Which one you want first, international or domestic? Hmm. Let's go international. Okay, we are starting out with Leon, Mexico. Shout out. Yeah. Ooh, Leon. Yeah. About 120 miles northwest of Mexico City. It's pretty much right smack dab in the middle of Mexico. Like, right, cool. right in the middle there. It's the uh, biggest... Uh, it's the biggest city in the state of uh, Guanajuato. Guanajuato. Um, apparently, about 70% of the shoes made in Mexico come from Leon. Word. Yeah. Oh, dang. Yeah. So if Fun you got fact. a if you got a Mexican shoe, it's probably from Leon. So true. Um, like Denver, though, and Mexico City, Leon is over a mile high. It's uh, mm. its altitude is almost 6,000 feet. Yeah, crazy. Although although Mexico City's game. even higher. Mexico City's like 7,500 feet. That's why whenever they have games there, whether it's uh, football or uh, NBA or NFL, they always talk about how that's got to be a problem. Definitely does, man. Right. That's crazy. Crazy. Anyways, shout out to you guys. Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening, Leon. Shout Very out. cool. Keep listening. Now the next one, the domestic listeners, Dave. I think they've I think they've listened before, hmm. but I haven't given them a newcomer shout out. So I'm gonna give them a newcomer shout out. All right. Beaumont, Texas. Shout yeah. Out. Yeah. Beaumont. All right. Beaumont. Like ten miles away from the Louisiana line. It's right there on the border, man. Mm. Right there, okay, man. Okay, okay. Now, uh somebody from Beaumont, they're called a Beaumont. They're literally called a Beaumonter. That's their Beaumonter. Beaumonter, <laughs> man. Beaumonter. Uh so shout out to all the Beaumonters listening right now. Shout um out. There you go. Right around the year 1900, they discovered oil in spinal top. Or spindle top. Sorry, not spinal top. Spindle top, uh, which is right beside Beaumont. And at that time, Beaumont's population tripled in two months. Jeez. Uh, oil Dang. fever. Oil fever, man. Uh, over the last couple of decades, definitely been hit hard by hurricanes, man. Rita, Ike. Harvey, all of those uh, wreaked havoc in Beaumont. Uh, they're, they're still picking up the pieces of Harvey there. Uh, a lot of professional Dang. football players came out of Beaumont. Also, really, Kendrick Perkins. 
basketball player out of Beaumont. There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kendrick Perkin, pretty popular lately. Well, you know, Getting very vocal. I was about to say he's one of those guys that he just sort of spouts off on Twitter and says, "Don't at me. I don't care. I'll say this." Word. And then he goes on ESPN and says it again. You're like, "All right." And I gotta say, some of the stuff he says, a little bit out there. Like when he says, like you know, who he thinks is the greatest of all time at some things. I'm like, mm-hmm. "Whoa, mm-hmm. It's a little, that's a little crazy, Kendrick." But you know what? He played in the league for like. 10 years so i have no room to talk say whatever you say whatever you want kendrick um okay all right one story before we get to um we get to the conspiracy versus challenge dave sweet i'll give you a choice what do you want to hear about do you want to hear about a shark attack or new world record Hmm. um shark attack okay Good. I was actually leaning that way too. The new world record. I'm gonna. I'm gonna write it down. It is a pretty cool story. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bring it on the next show. Uh, okay. New world records going on the next show. Okay. Uh, shark attack. Dave. Scary moment in uh, New Smyrna. Uh, a lady mm, from close to us. Yeah, lady from Polk County. That's right. Sweet. Right, I just wanted uh, to mention that the family was from Polk. Uh, yes. It's always Polk. Get yes. Good or bad. Mostly, yes. mostly bad. Mostly it's bad, even Polk. when it's not their fault. A lot of times it's, it's yeah. drugs and it's a little bit their fault. This one, not their fault. Nope. Um, not her fault. <laughs> so lady took her family to the beach. Uh, her son Carson out in the water boogie boarding uh, mm-hmm. when he felt something bite his foot. Said it just bit mm-hmm. me and then it just took off. And he didn't know what it was. He looked down, mm-hmm. just gushing blood everywhere. Jeez. Crazy. Dang. Crazy amount of blood. So his parents rush him to the hospital. They look at it. They identify it. Culprit, shark bite. Right? Uh, Carson said he asked the doctor how many stitches he got, and the doctor said too many to count. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, so far, because of the coronavirus, this year's total of shark bites in New Smyrna, pretty low. Mm-hmm. Only three. Oh, I guess because the beaches were closed for a while. Yeah, yeah. Now, typically, there's about, they average about 11 bites a year, and apparently, mm. New Smyrna is called the shark bite capital of the world. Wait, what? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Over Australia. Interesting. Yeah, which I, I started thinking. I was like, their tourism department needs to new, do something about that. So true. New new smirk. Like, that's something you really don't want to be known. You don't brag about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not going to bring in many people to the beach when you're like, hey, you got a better chance here than anywhere to get eaten by a shark. Just saying. Word. You Enjoy don't have the to beach. go all the way to Australia. Well, Just go outside of Orlando. Exactly. So I started thinking. I was like, you know what? They should just start advertising things that don't happen in New Smyrna. You know? Like, mm. for instance, New Smyrna. No earthquakes ever recorded here. Huh? Huh? Damn. Totally true. Or New Smyrna. We have four poisonous spider species. Australia has 10,000. Jeez. Seriously. They have 10,000, Dave. 10,000. Scares the shit out of me. <laughs> what is that? Oh, man. Like, I looked that up before uh, for that joke, and I was like, holy crap, they actually have 10,000. An estimated 10,000, because they haven't even found all of them. They're just like, yeah, they're everywhere. Oh. We don't know. 
Oh no. The worst the Dude. the most poisonous is the uh, funnel spider and I got to say the fangs on that funnel spider are scary as crap. They Oh, I have to look it up now. The fangs are bigger than a brown snake's fangs, which is also a poisonous snake in Australia. They're bigger mm. fangs than the brown snake. It's frightening. Anyways, okay. Okay, Dave, are you ready? Oh my god. Right? Yeah. It's it's you don't you don't want to mess with I'm those never things. Going, I'm never going to Australia now. It's rough. It's, it's rough, man. Okay. <laughs> we got we got challenge versus conspiracy. We're gonna see which one's dumber. Which one you want to hear first? Cha uh, um, uh, challenge or conspiracy, Dave? Challenge. Sweet. All right, Dave. Our challenge. This is an oldie but a goodie. What? It's uh it's made a comeback on TikTok. Uh, and it's it's taken the chosen name of the Outlet Challenge. Hmm. Now, hmm. okay, I recall a time before social media, a lot of people actually did this on my basketball team because they are n****s that wanted to shock the themselves. But that's what we called it back in the old day, a n****s that wanted to shock the themselves. Uh, this is this when they put the fork in the outlet? Something. Something metallic, basically, is what it is. Oh, yes. Geez. Yes. Uh, so, uh, in the actual mode of the challenge, apparently this is where you have to put a prong. Usually it's the prong off the brick portion of a phone charger. And you leave, you mm -hmm. know, you just put the very tip in there. Right? Just the tip. Mm -hmm. And you leave the just rest. The tip. Just the tip. Word. And you leave the rest out there exposed. Then you take a copper mm -hmm. penny and you rub it over that. Hmm. Now, obviously, like you can try to drop it so that you're not touching it, but currents can jump, and it can still shock the crap out of you. Or you can still be touching the penny, and it'll shock the crap out of so you. So true. Um, this mm. is dangerous for a lot of reasons. The, the, the payoff of this is that you get a cool shower of sparks, Dave. Sweet. And, I mean, obviously... You look dope on Not the worth it. You look dope on the TikTok. That's right. Obviously. You get a lot of TikTok likes and followers yes. if they even have that on TikTok. Yeah. Just buy a freaking sparkler. That idiot. Be much better. Be much better. But uh, this challenge got a ton of publicity and it really actually like stopped the challenge as far as I can tell. But it got a ton of publicity when a group of students in uh, Massachusetts uh, did this and they caused a fire in the wall of their school. So they're doing it in one of the classrooms and Dummies. it just totally lit up the whole school. And uh, yeah, that just like you can see when it happened because there's just like hundreds and hundreds of news reports from this thing, and that really slowed it down. Mm. Uh, in one of the interviews, they talked to the spokesman of the New York City Fire Department, Frank Dwyer, and he said, "Quote: No one should ever play with electricity or outlets in a dangerous manner." End quote. Mm. That was that was their yeah, no kidding. That was their spokesman. Dave, they're spoke. Don't you think a spokesman could muster up a better statement than that? I mean, like when Frank was saying that, was he was like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have used in a dangerous manner since there's no non dangerous manner to play with an outlet. That's a fact. Hey guys, right. Just gonna play with this outlet in a totally safe manner. Sweet. It's a fun and fascinating pastime. Here we go. Exactly. No, not gonna happen. <laughs> okay, so that is our challenge. Here is our conspiracy. 
Dave. Okay. Uh, you know Avril Lavigne, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It had, she was a skater boy. There you go. Should see you later, boy. She had some big hits back in the early 2000s, like Skater Boy. So in true. In fact, she's actually still got a 11 million monthly listeners on Spotify. Jeez. Pretty crazy. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, skater boy, complicated girlfriend, all kinds. She hands out the straight fire, Dave. The straight fire. The straight fire. Um, <laughs> anywho, uh, there's a conspiracy going around involving Avril Lavigne, Dave. Now, hold on to your seat, because this one's going to rock you to your very core. Get ready for this. Okay. Apparently, the, the Canadian songstress, the one that's won our hearts and our minds, yes! she's mm-hmm. been dead since 2003. Wait, what? Yeah. Avril Lavigne has? That's right. That's right, Dave. The conspiracy goes that she's been dead for 17 years and has been played by a clone named Melissa Hmm. for the past 17 years. I'm so confused. Yeah. Yeah. Now, apparently... This conspiracy goes that for undisclosed reasons, Avril Lavigne was struggling with her fame right when she got uh, famous. And then Mm -hmm. unexplainably dies. Like literally, I was not able, when I was looking down the rabbit holes of these conspiracies, I was unable to find a reason why she died. But an actual reason. But she apparently dies. And then Melissa. Those are the little details. And then, (laughs) and then this Melissa character who's a clone of her, takes over. That's right. Uh, mm. Now, obviously, Dave, this isn't just some crazy conspiracy. They've got complete convincing evidence of why this is true. Let me let me give you some of this. They don't even know how she died. Well, let me give you some of the evidence before you come to that conclusion, Dave. Um... Uh, one of the one of the reasons why they know this is true is that uh, before she died, Avril, the true Avril, she liked to wear pants. Mm-hmm. And once Avril mm. died, this new Melissa character, she wore more skirts. Mm. Obvious, obvious, right? Obvious that it's a clone if that's the case. Uh, now, right. now their biggest piece of evidence that I noticed on all of these pages, this was a big one. Uh, there was a publicity shot of Avril Lavigne back in the day where uh, she had pictured on her hand, she had written, handwritten Melissa on the hand. Hmm. And somehow, oh. somehow, these conspiracists point to that being the reason that this is true. Word. Which, obviously, this is amazing for so many reasons, Dave. First of all, for Avril to have a clone, Melissa, that clone would have to have been made relatively the same time that the real Avril was made, which would mean Mm -hmm. they had Mm -hmm. to make a clone of a random Canadian kid like 25 years before that. And then... I don't know, man. I don't know. (laughs) And then, after she gets famous through singing and struggles with her fame and then apparently dies for some reason, they're like, oh, you know what's perfect? We got this clone of her. So true. Right here, Melissa, that we've been raising for the past 20 years. Let's just use her. Like, what? What? Then, this picture of Avril Lavigne with her Melissa written on her hand... 
What do you think? The record company wrote her name on her hand so they wouldn't forget that it was the clone Melissa? Like, hey, that one's Melissa. Write it down on her hand so we remember yeah. that it's not Avril, <laughs> all right? Don't get them mixed up. Like, or do they think that, you know, the record company's playing one giant game of Da Vinci Code and they're like, all right, we're going to release a couple of clues. We want to put in a publicity photo the name of the clone, but that's all we're going to give them. They're going to have to go off of that. They're going to have to figure this riddle out for themselves. That's all we're giving them. Mm. Like, but re And then, lastly, no offense to Avril, but really, was her career lucrative enough that the managers and the record company involved were like, no, no, we can't afford to lose her. Get Melissa out there and slap an Avril name tag on her because we got to keep, keep this cash crop going. Like That's right. Seriously? Like, they wouldn't just be like, oh, well, Avril Lavigne died. That's sad. And move on? Like, come on. Okay, Dave, what are you saying? Which one's, it is. Which one's dumber? The conspiracy or, or, the, uh, or, or the challenge? Hmm. I didn't think anything could be stupider than the outlet challenge. But this conspiracy just doesn't have enough depth to it to me. It's, yeah. So... It's the winner, man. Yes. Yeah. Like, if you're going to come up with Avril Lavigne died, I need a whole background story. Yeah. I need I need a lot of evidence. Um, if you could even figure out how she got cloned or, yeah. you know, where even <laughs> gotta, or when. You got to give me some evidence of why the Canadian government or what team was coming up with cloning and why they chose Avril Lavigne to clone. Like, going to need some more. I agree with you, Dave. I thought the outlet challenge was pretty... Pretty dumb, but that beats it. That beats it. There we oh, go. I, I didn't think it was possible. Yeah, yeah. All right, we are going to take a break. We will be right back to none other than our friends from down under the Blackwater Fever right here on the Doc G Show. Ooh. The Doc G Show, because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are joined by a tremendous guitarist and singer, of the great Blackwater Fever, Mr. Shane Hicks. Shane, how are you, sir? Yeah, good. Thanks, Ben. Yeah. So, uh, thanks. first off, I gotta say, anyone uh, not familiar with your band, uh, just a, a warning: if you look up anything of their band, make sure you designate that you're looking for the musical group, not the disease. Because if you don't, that's a fact. You will wind up with some disturbing images on your Google search. Just so you <laughs> I did that a couple of times when I was looking up things for this uh, interview. I was like, oh, Jesus, I forgot. Okay, put the put band, put band after it or something. Oh, man, that's uh, what, what made you go with the name Blackwater Fever? Um, oh, it's funny because when we came up with the name, we actually didn't even associate it with a, an actual. Um, disease yeah. um or a condition um our we on our um first ep and then we re-recorded it for our first album there's the song blackwater and yeah 
we're talking about catching a fever um, from, you know, the waterhole, like a swamp, and mm-hmm. <laughs> we were just trying to make a cool song. And uh, so when it sort of became time to um, play a show and, um, you know, make it a real thing instead of just mucking around at home, we needed a band name and that kind of made the most sense. That's all we could come with up with at the time, really. So, yeah, then looking it up online, it's like, oh, it's an actual thing. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, speaking of that first uh, EP, it's it's funny. I wanted to tell the, the listeners about it. Uh, I had this cool sort of full circle experience with the Blackwater Fever because, like, yes! back in about 2008 or so, I, I bought the Abused Blues EP on iTunes, and I basically did because I would go down these rabbit holes back then where I would start with some band I was very, very familiar with, like Led Zeppelin, and I would end up going to these new bands that I hadn't heard of and just try them out. And I'd just buy them and be like, okay. And then some of them I'd be like, you know what? That, that wasn't worth buying. I don't know why I did that. And then some of them I end up really liking. And I bought the EP, and I always liked it, and I kept it in my library, but like I never really checked up on your new music. And then I'm on Spotify this past year going through artists that have been on our show, and I'm looking at artists you might like uh, based on those artists, and I see Blackwater Fever, and I was like... I started listening to it. I listened to a lot of delusions, and I listened to in uh, in depth, and uh, and I was like, "Man, sounds really familiar." It reminds me of that EP that I used to listen to all the time. And I went back, and I was like, "Oh, holy shit, same group! I, <laughs> why didn't I recognize this earlier?" And so I went, I went like full circle on your band, and I was so excited when I found you guys again. I was like, "Oh man." Still making music, fantastic, awesome. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, we've um, put out a lot of stuff after that that EP. That of course. Was, um, yeah, yeah, and that that was literally um, never been in a recording studio before, and just went to this place that was offering cheap services, and we uh, it was the first time we kind of heard ourselves back, other than you know playing it on a recording and on a little tape deck at the time. That's how that's how long ago that was. Yeah. Um, in in Australia, in Australia, that that a couple of those songs got picked up on radio, and and that was, you know, in its own little way, it it, it got a little bit of attention, and it, and it became started to become a real thing, and so we I started to take it a bit more seriously. For sure, for sure. Well, uh, like like you mentioned, you guys are out of Brisbane. Um, how's the how's the COVID pandemic going over there? Um, yeah, it's it's, it's been definitely a, a strange times. Um. Brisbane's pretty good. Um, there has been, I mean, in terms of, um, you know, people catching COVID, I think Queensland's doing pretty good. And um, But just recently, some people had um, gone to Melbourne and Sydney and not told, you know, not declared where they'd been and they actually had COVID and they'd mm. been on planes and stuff like that. And so that, that was another um, relapse of shutting down and stuff like that. Um, yeah. To be honest, I've kind of disconnected from the news the last uh you know month or so of just because it's just been overwhelming it's been quite stifling for me creatively and um also i don't know you can just get caught up in the whole thing and and meanwhile you know your life's going out the back door because you're too busy focusing on on what's happening around you so i've, I've kind of made a, a point to just um just keep focusing on on my my little world um <laughs> for sure staying productive so 
Yeah, for sure. Well, think about better times in Brisbane. Uh, I, I I asked most of my uh, guests this question, and, and I'm pretty excited because you're actually our first Australian guest we've had on the show. Yes! Um, and let's say when the pandemic is a little bit more un- under control, I decide to go to Brisbane, and I call you up, and I'm like, Shane, I'm looking for the best place to eat. I want the best Brisbane has to offer. What restaurant are you going to tell me to go to? Oh man, I'm not really the right person to um to. I don't know. There's a place called Netherworld that we've we've played once before. That's really cool, and it's nice. in the uh, the valley. The um the valley's next to the city. Um, yeah, the valley's where all the the cool music venues are. And um, Netherworld has like a the renovated old pub, and in the back there's a whole room of pinball machines. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, and they they make great stuff, and they make their own beer and cider and stuff like that. So Very yeah, nice. that's in the valley in the Brisbane. I saw I, I saw on Instagram where you posted that. I saw the the pinball machines of the Netherworld look pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool place. Yeah, a whole experience. I like it. I like it. Um, <laughs> now uh, a lot of artists have become pretty resourceful. I've noticed when uh, it comes to interacting with fans. Uh, now sort of in this pandemic world since they haven't had the option of live shows. And I noticed you actually did something, I think that you you might have been meaning to do for a while, but you actually sort of put out these guitar lessons. Had you been getting requests of people asking, like, how do you play that song? Yeah, every now and again someone will email, and it's really hard to, um, you know, I would jot out a few tabs for them yeah um but i'm also not um you know tabs are pretty straightforward but um i'm not trained in music theory and stuff like that and then if you've watched those videos there's like guitar tunings that i kind of made up and um it's interesting trying to uh make those videos it's all very intuitive for me like i haven't really had to think about how to tell someone how to play them they're just sort of um yeah it's just it comes to you yeah 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 um, but yeah, I kind of, I dropped off on that. I just really wanted to start focusing on, um, uh, I have another, um, a, another act, a, more of a solo project called Dusty Miles, which yeah. is like a more singer songwriter. And I'd been focusing on that. And, and also the band is the Blackwater Fever is also ramping up again this year. Yeah. Um, we found a, a new drummer, mm. uh, Andrew, who was in the band for a while. We've gone through a, a, a few drummers over time, and uh, and Andrew, who's on three albums, um, Sweet Misery, The Depths, and In Stereo, mm-hmm. he came back to Brisbane, and we we um, played with him again for a year, and then just as uh, the same old story with a lot of um, bands, you know, people's lives change and priorities shift, and he, he ended up having a, a son and moving. Mm an hour north and um so we uh had a big chat and decided it was time to uh find somebody else and we we did a bunch of auditioning which was interesting and then we uh we settled on this guy trevor who um it's been uh it's been really great and having him on board and it's kind of given the band a new lease on life and so this year we've really kicked into uh writing a bunch of new material and we were pretty much ready to go to start playing live he picked up a bunch of old songs really quickly and uh but then yeah the the COVID thing kicked in and and we all had to um hide away in our homes and uh and try and do a few things over skype 
eventually we kind of um, ended up getting back together again. And、uh, yeah, so I don't know where that question began, <laughs> but.、Um, <laughs> Yeah. Well,、uh, let, let's take the, since, since we're on the music now, let's take the listeners back.、Uh, it seems like you sort of got into music. You were entrenched in some of, some of the heavy hitters of the 90s. That's what really got you interested in music.、Yeah. Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam. And, and it seems like Tool was really sort of the, the mind blowing experience, the, the band that. Got you excited about music. Is that right? Was that the first band that was really、uh, sort of inspiring to you?、Um, I would say that's definitely the one that I went down a, a bit of a rabbit hole with. Like、mm-hmm. I got infatuated with them a bit.、Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, I think Anima came out in 97. And I, it's interesting because I, you know, when I was a teenager, that whole 90s grunge scene, like, you know, Alice in Chains and all that was all. While I was at high school, but I didn't really、um, gravitate towards the music as much as I did once I was out, kind、yeah. of thing. So I was into going out into the bush and <laughs> riding mountain bikes and stuff like that.、Um, yeah. But yeah, then I, then leaving school, I just,、um, I don't know, caught the music bug and started playing guitar. And, and that's how I learned a lot of,、um, learned how to play guitar. I would learn tool songs. Yeah. Yeah, and then if you want to talk about guitars again, that's where that tuning, that, you know, that's where I discovered Drop D, and then I altered that tuning to that slide tuning, which is it's a, it's a version of、um, Drop D. That's the way I look at it anyway. So. Well, you,、yeah. you, it's, it's interesting with, with Tool, you know, the, the thing you were talking about music theory and, and how you're not really trained in music theory, but anybody that knows、uh, Tool. Knows especially rhythm wise, they're insane.、Yes! Uh, they go through like four、mm-hmm. time signatures in a song. It's like six, four, and five, eight, and eleven, eight, and these weird things. Did you ever have problems with that, or was it just so easy just listening to it intuitively that those rhythms were, were there?、Uh, I guess it was all very, very intuitively. Like,、um, didn't really think about it too much. Yeah.、Um, I don't know if you've listened to the. Uh, it's been interesting talking to Trevor, the new drummer, about because、um, he's gone back and listened to everything, and you can definitely,、yeah. I'm quite aware of it. Across the, the length of those, that material we've put out, you can see that we've grown as a band and as songwriters and arrangers.、Mm-hmm. And it's not until、um, further along, you know, I might come up with something that's suddenly I've gone into an odd time signature yeah、um, without. You know, trying to, it's just happened. It's just the way the song has sort of come to me, and then we have to sort of break it down and describe it.、Um, uh, hey, have you watched that?、Um, the Danny Carey,、uh, the Numa drum yeah. cam? Yeah. He, he, he's, a, he's I, insane. That so many times. It's, it, just, it's just amazing.、Uh, he's just the master of,、um, you know, he's so. He knows his craft inside out, but it's, not, it's never really about flash. It's all about arrangement. And、um, yeah, I've watched it so many times. It's just、uh, jaw dropping every time. Well, so. It's, it's so impressive because he makes it, it, it's still very rhythmic. Like, you never, it never becomes this technical process of just like, you know, I mean, it is masterfully arranged, but at the same time, there's such a rhythm to it that you never really lose this groove. During pretty much all of their songs, which is, 
you know, mm-hmm. the hardest thing to do when you're going through all those time signatures is basically if you can keep that going in your head and still make it sound rhythm or rhythmic, then, it, you know, if you can't do that, then it's not going to be popular. Then people aren't going to want to listen to something that's all super technical and, and sparsed out. So it's it's just impressive yeah. how he can do that. But obviously your music, uh, th- there's a there's a really good dose of blues in it. It's heavy, heavy in blues. Who would you say the first uh, sort of blues artist was that you got really into that inspired your music? Um, yeah, I used to listen to a lot of that older stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but since I've just, uh, I actually don't listen to a whole lot of, I try and keep up to date with um, some new stuff here and there and get mm-hmm. on Spotify and go for a, bit of a, a swim but um i did you know i guess the first blues guy that grabbed me was john lee hooker and then mm-hmm. i really i really dig um howling wolf yeah um so, and you know buddy guy like I, I we've covered his song baby well he does a gene kimra song yeah baby please don't leave me which that buddy guy's version i just think is just so so awesome for sure so you played with some of the i guess you would say the the new uh sort of the new wave of of blues rock and i would say people most associate it with nowadays uh the black keys which you guys got to open for did you did you get any advice did you pick up any advice from patrick and dan or did you see anything that they did that inspired what you guys do in the Blackwater Fever? Yeah, that was a that that's um. So we played with them at the Tivoli here in Brisbane, which is a it's like a theater, old an old theater, and um, that was on um their album Attack and Release. So that's quite a while ago, and yeah, I think maybe El Camino came out after that. So mm-hmm. that I, I think so, and that's when they just exploded. So we were right before that, and. Yeah, it was a, a really great show for us and it was a full theatre and we were still quite new back then. Back then we were a two-piece as well and and yeah, we kind of, it was a, an, it was an awesome uh, response from the crowd because we were, you know, a similar thing. We're in the similar genre at least to the yeah. Black Keys and mm-hmm. so the crowd was super um, responsive and I don't think Brisbane had seen us much at that point and so we um definitely got a really really good response and at the time we were we kind of didn't know what to do with that response (laughs) it was kind of a bit overwhelming and uh yeah with the with the black keys yeah we didn't really talk much really like um had a bit of a chat with patrick Mm -hmm. but um dan is quite reserved and um yeah i guess I guess one thing I, I look to the, towards those guys is that they just have an insane work ethic and, you know, like another person that's like that that's super prolific. Yeah. Because he's always at it is like Nick Cave. He just does not – I think he goes to work, you know, <laughs> does a nine-to-five basically. Um, yeah, for sure. He treats it like a job and, um, and the result is he's constantly putting out at work so that's what a, the black keys are and definitely um dan he's just a he just he's a machine he doesn't stop so for sure yeah. for sure well you mentioned it before you know you started out as a duo you were a drummer guitar duo a lot like the the black keys and then uh jed came in on bass 
did you start out wanting just a duo or was it just sort of a convenience? Um, yeah, at the time. So when the band first sort of came to, to be, it was my friend Rick DeMarco was on drums and he's the guy who played on the EP. Mm-hmm. And we lived up the Sunshine Coast, which is an hour north of Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And it was really just two friends um, who who met through mountain biking there. And we would just come over on Friday and Saturday nights and play guitar together, just mucking around. And then I started writing songs and we started, you know, fleshing them out on two guitars. And then, then the idea of, a, hey, we should maybe start a band happened and... At the time, my memory of the Sunshine Coast was um, it was all either acousticy roots sort of stuff. So everyone wanted to be like Jack Johnson, so acoustic mm-hmm. soloist, or um, or in a heavy metal band. And uh, so no one really wanted to join our our funny little thing we were doing. And so Rick, at some point, he grabbed a bass, and then we did that for a while. And then he ended up buying a set of drums out of frustration and. Then we got in a in a um, industrial shed and just um, started making some noise and and then it then yeah I guess then when you look towards um, you know the white stripes and um, black keys I think that's when that, all that stuff was happening and it's like oh okay you don't actually need a bass player if we can so you is, know we can do a it little like bit this. more of convenience nobody wanted to play the dirty blues with you so you just said screw it we'll play on our own yeah yeah exactly yeah and it's it's very convenient because you only need one other person to say yes to a rehearsal or yes to a show yeah so um yeah so we did that for a while and then I don't know, you could kind of see the limitations of um, two people. Like, uh, I wanted to expand it a bit more. And um, and so, yeah, we the idea... By then, Andrew had joined the band mm-hmm. and Rick had left. And I think we, uh, we had all the songs for the depths at the time, just between me and Andrew. And then I guess the music in that album kind of spoke to us that it needed to be fleshed out more with keyboards and um, bass guitar. Yeah. And so, yeah, we started looking for a, a keyboardist. So, yeah, um, yeah, found found Jed and he, he um, slotted in really easily. So, yeah. yeah. And so and that album, the Depths album, that was the first one that you guys sort of made the switch uh, to recording uh, the whole thing yourself was i'm guessing there was a lot of learning curve yeah absolutely um in terms of recording and mixing especially mixing it took me quite a um you know that album took me quite a long time to mix because it's the first time i'd taken it like seriously mm-hmm. so yeah it was definitely that depth took a long time and a lot of trial and error and um and i definitely learned a, a lot just from from that one album yeah um well, it was, so that that's arguably the most popular uh, album you guys have put out, and it definitely has the most popular song. Uh, Don't F- Joe off of the depths uh, is is in the lead on Spotify as far as the most stream song by you guys. Do you have what do you, what do you, what is your thought on why that song? is the most popular i mean do you think it's it's the most catchy what do you think why do you think people like that song so much yeah it's a funny song i kind of when writing it i kind of it kind of did exactly what i was hoping it would i mean (laughs) each time you put out an album or 
or a song, you, you basically have no idea how it's going to be received. And and you know, I've, a song I've had for as long as Don't Joe and but never released it. And then it kind of it kind once I'd seen what Joe had done, I thought. Um, Oh, geez, that's like a little twin to Joe. I should really get that out. There's a song called um, Bat Out of mm-hmm. that's on a, um, a bunch of B-sides we, we put out last year. And I thought, oh, it's quite similar to Joe. I, I should really get that out because maybe it'll do as good as Joe. <laughs> but it, it just, it's, it's sung to the bottom. So I think with Joe, um, I don't know. It's just there's a story there. It takes you on a bit of a journey. Yeah. I mean, and if your if your name is actually Joe, you'll get a kick out of it. Yeah, I was about to um, say it's a it's a good theme song if you're Joe. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's when, when we put that out, we thought that it would would do better than anything we'd put out before, and it, that's exactly what happened. But at the same time, we were a bit like um, that's very kind of Nick Cave, or just just very different to what we've put out yeah. before that. Mm-hmm. And um, was like, oh, I wonder if this is. Um, going to kind of um, pigeonhole us and uh, people would expect more of this kind of spoken word kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing with our our material. It seems to be very kind of eclectic and it's just each song kind of tells you what it is and yeah. little things. So They, they yeah. stand alone for sure. Um, yeah. well, 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 speaking on, you know, the popularity of your music, I've noticed, uh, a lot of the tunes you guys have, have been featured on different shows and, and, you know, commercials, I mean, HBO, Showtime, Fox, ABC, CBS, Discovery Channel, uh, and I always wonder this when I see a band's music sort of being, uh, we actually just recently had a, a group that... <laughs> Uh, they've been on they've been on Taco Bell commercials five times, and uh, wow. and, and I sort of I sort of wonder whenever I hear that, I wonder if you ever get a request that you you say nah, it's it's too goofy for our music. Like, is that has there been anything that that they gave you and said, hey, we'd really like to use your songs, and you saw what they were sort of pushing, and you're like, nah, we can't do that. Sorry. I think uh, maybe once or twice I've said I said no, just kind of um, maybe um, ethically kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if if there's no harm in it, and um, you know, it's so hard to make a buck in in the music industry, and so I know before maybe streaming. Oh, sorry, you know, Napster and stuff like that happened. I think it was a bit naft and a bit of a sellout to, to sell your music to a, you know yeah television app or or whatever but um for us it's so you know in terms of an income it's so far and few between and and if you know if it's a show that that i think is okay or or or, or a product i'll just say yes you know if the, um just because man as a musician you've kind of if there's money on the table and no one's getting hurt. I think you've got to take it while it's there. So. No doubt. The band that I was talking about, uh, Little Hurricane with Taco Bell, they they were like, oh, they've saved us every single time they did that. They were like, we wouldn't have been able to tour for one uh, one year if we wouldn't have got that money from Taco Bell. So, 
it's definitely yeah. understandable. And most of the shows that you guys have been associated with have been, I mean, pretty cool. They're pretty cool shows that they put the tunes with. And it just, it, it's almost like a, a super cool music video with some of those shows that you get with your song. So De- definitely, you know, when you see your music paired with um, some cinema or, or, or a TV series, it's definitely kind of um, puts it all together for you too. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, that's kind of. When they, you know, you can see why they chose your track because it's, it's yeah. you know, definitely a match and definitely inspiring that you can, um, you know, because while we're creating our, our music, it's all just about the audio and the performance. But then when you put a visual to it, it definitely can evoke, you know, some ideas. So, yeah, it's, it's very inspiring. For sure. Well, uh, like you mentioned, actually, you mentioned you have your uh, sort of uh, a solo project that you'd been focusing on, Dusty Miles, uh, Fire Road Volume 1. And uh, the Dusty uh, Miles album is definitely more, like you said, sort of a singer-songwriter, folk, a little uh, country, acoustic-style record. Is, Is that the main reason that you decided to do it? solo instead of doing it under the title you know under blackwater fever is you were like this is too different as far as the sound of the music i'm gonna do this by myself yeah so i guess over the years i've written songs and you know just like i said each song is its own little entity and yeah sometimes where you you know you just start a song from scratch and you don't really know how it's gonna turn out Mm -hmm. and um I just started to create these two little piles of songs, you know, one Blackwater, one Dusty, and, you know, I'd like to see those those songs that would you could tell at a certain point they weren't going to end up on a Blackwater album. I'd just like to see them through. Um, yeah. It's like, oh, this is a bit country. Let's see how this turns out. And, um, and so, yeah, I just collated all these songs over the years, and and they started to just, you know, the pile just started to get bigger than what I've got in, you know, in the can for Blackwater and um, just sort of felt like some of these songs are really good and I should try something different. Um, and, you know, I'd only, the only band I've ever been in is, is the Blackwater Fever. So yeah. I felt felt it'd be, you know, a good kind of experience to try something else. And, and because of the studio setup, you know, I can attack these things on my own and so during this lockdown too, that's something I've really um, gone into spending my time focusing on is the volume two of that that project. And um, Trevor, the new drummer of Blackwater, he's played on a bunch of um, volume two as well. So nice. It's been it's been been really good. We've got I feel like we've got quite a um, personnel on board. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you know what I mean, to get thing get things done, and um, and it's definitely more fun to have other people in the room versus just you know whittling away on my own yeah for sure well did uh, have you uh did you get to perform uh dusty miles stuff uh before the pandemic uh yeah so i just did a little album launch at a at a small bar here in brisbane Mm -hmm. um and i just played that solo which was pretty cool like very nerve-wracking just going (laughs) up on stage on your own with Essentially, just an acoustic guitar and and your voice. That's and what I it was makes thinking. You, I think it's yeah, and there's no just sheer volume too high behind. Yeah, uh, with a you know with a with a three piece band, and um, I think it's really really cool to put yourself in that situation, and because 
you know, when you're preparing for that sort of thing, all you've got is your songs, which, you know, need to say something or, or you know, be of a, ca- a certain caliber. And then your delivery is, is so um, important. You can't just sort of, I mean, it really teaches you about dynamics and and the economy of all you've got is this voice and a guitar and and squeezing the most out of what you've got to create something um, hopefully you know special. So yeah, yeah. you de- you're definitely more vulnerable in that position, more open, uh, a lot less to hide by uh, behind as far as distortion and drums and everything else. So it had to be. That's what I was wondering. It had to be a completely sort of different experience than what you were used to. But absolutely, yeah. It really it really teaches you about songwriting. I think um, when you when when all you're left with is the song almost. So, for yeah. sure, for sure. Well, uh, last question about that song writing. You you've you've mentioned about a little bit there at the beginning, and I saw some posts on social media about new music for the Blackwater Fever. How, uh, where would you say you're at as far as for Blackwater Fever, the sort of uh, collection of songs in that pile? Um, well, in terms of a pile, we definitely have more than enough. We have ample for another album. Nice. Um, and we've, I think we'll do it a little bit differently um, this time around because, you know, the music scene's changed a lot and I'm definitely a album type person. I like albums. Yeah. But I think we'll play it we'll play it a bit differently this time where we'll focus on trickling out singles mm-hmm. and so releasing a song at a time over, you know, a few months, you know, maybe a two month gap in between or something like that or um so yeah basically I have a little uh recording set up here a place I rent and the drums are all set up and mm-hmm. everything's marked and ready to go. I've had uh, the guys around and we've recorded a, a, a Blackwater song which will, looks like it'll be the first single and so that's getting kind of mixed by me at the moment and so yeah hopefully we should have a, a single out quite soon. Awesome. Um, and then yeah we're definitely keen to because there is quite a it, there's a pile that it's, you could almost consider it a backlog now, so it's time to really get in there and um, just start hammering out songs. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're all really, really excited by this new material. Like it's definitely, um, like I said, I think at, on each release we you can see us mature, and you know, uh, I know doing that Dusty Mile stuff where it's a more traditional kind of songwriting, you know, country music songwriting or whatever. Yeah. It def- I've definitely learned a lot about song arrangement and what works, and I think um, that's now come into that's rubbed off on the Blackwater stuff. And, nice. Um, so yeah, so hopefully a single not too far away. Very nice, very nice. Well, uh, Shane, we are up against a break, man. But I want to thank you for taking the time to come on and uh, and talk with us today. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Thanks so much for reaching out. Yeah, well, listeners, you can keep up with all things Blackwater Fever at theblackwaterfever.com or you can follow them on Instagram at theblackwaterfever. Right now, let's take a listen to uh, Tell Me Now off of Delusions right here on the Doc G Show. Something's wrong, I know it to be. Couldn't say. 
All right, we are back here on the Doc G show. Blackwater Fever, the Blackwater Fever. That's right. There it is. Yes, sir. Dave. Nice, nice man. They know how to rock a blues jam. They know how to. True that. Uh, that. They know how to rock the Doc G show. I, so I true. didn't. I didn't want to tell. I. I didn't want to tell uh, our guests there and make him. Mm-hmm. Make him so. I don't. I don't think he'd be self conscious, but I didn't want to say that I was afraid to go to Australia because of the scary spiders and other animals. I'll say that, it. I'm afraid. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just funny because we talked about you know ten thousand species of spider, and I was just sitting there. I was like, dude lives there. It's frightening. Yeah, it's frightening. Every day man. he probably walks past one. Ew. The huntsman spiders. Those things aren't really dangerous, but they're huge. They're scary. That's a they, I don't care. They're they're the ones past that one of those. There's the ones that Won't always they be the corner of my room looking down on me. Yeah, they're the ones that they always have the videos. The Matt Damon. There's a video of Matt Damon dealing with one that's literally like it's like a foot across, and I'm just like, no, Matt Damon, no. You just you just Never. you just leave that house. You're like, and I'm done. This house is no yep. longer no longer my house. I'm finished with this. Like, mm-hmm. you I mean, can have it. I, I can pretty much <laughs> tell you if I walked into into my house and I saw one of those uh, one of those tarantulas that uh, that mm-hmm. ate the mm-hmm. the possum. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I, I would. I'm done. That's this okay. is no longer my house. I'll see you guys later. Right. Like, no, no, thank you, man. Frightening. But I can't wait to hear the new stuff that Blackwater Fever has coming out. If you look them up Definitely. on the website, make sure the Blackwater Fever. And not just because of the disease, Ooh. but because there's also some other bands from the United Kingdom that are Blackwater Fever. So true. So make sure you get oh, that okay. the in there. Very important. Yes. Also, like I said, you want to make sure you get it in there because you don't want to uh, see the horrifying pictures of actual Blackwater fever. That's a fact. It's, uh, mm. I mean, it's not like you're looking. Really. It's not like you're looking at like Ebola, but it's it's still pretty gross. <laughs> it's pretty it's, close. There. It's yeah, pretty <laughs> pretty disgusting. Jeez. Anyways, okay, uh, Dave, it's time. It's time. For the newest edition of the Doc G Show, Jordan, yes. Shoe and Tell, Part Let's 7. Go. Yes. All right. What do I got bacon in the oven today? Pull it out. I've I think got it's finished. The Jordan 7s. Yes. Mm. Jordan 7s. Okay, we have got this is the Jordan 7s from the countdown pack. Released way back in 2008, still still in pristine condition, my friend. Nice. Still pristine. This is the hair colorway. Sweet. So the same Bugs yes. Bunny colorway. One of my favorites. Exactly. It's very nice. It's the color that Bugs Bunny wore in the commercials. That's right. Uh, once again, absolute classic right here. This was uh, this originally came out 91, 92. He just won his first championship. That was in the sixes. Uh, Again, Mm -hmm. this is a Tinker Hatfield design. Now, after four shoe models, the three, fours, fives, and six, they all had a visible air sole. This was the Mm -hmm. first one to go back to no visible air sole. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They thought they'd make it go back and uh, make it sleek again. And this was another one that featured the inner uh, inner sock from the Hirachi yes. shoes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, I, I love the top of it, how you have the Jordan logo right on the ankle. Um, you know, they got the signature, like, design on oh, the... Yeah. On the going across oh yeah um, with like the triangle kind yeah. of hilly looking mm-hmm. things yeah well they um, went with the Af- great looking shoe ma'am african heritage art design there was the idea oh, with okay. that yes yes now you're talking about on the tongue yeah on the tongue on the tongue now, oh yeah I'm, t- I'm talking about on the on, on the, the side near the bottom yeah yeah, yeah yeah the triangles on the sole i gotcha i gotcha mm-hmm. yeah well the two biggest things that happened in the sevens would be his olympic gold with the dream team those mm-hmm. were in sevens mm-hmm. and his game one finals uh where he hit six threes in the first half Wait, and did the shrug Dang. that was that was his shrug game where he hit six threes and did the i don't know i guess i'm on I fire don't know what's what? happening <laughs> he had 35 first half points which is still a finals record in that game and then he basically nice. he basically set the second half because they were blowing the trailblazers out so he ended up with 39 points because he barely played any of the second half Jeez. um as i told you dave this was the first pair of jordans that I actually owned. That's right. After after I yeah, saw that a little, little G. Yeah, after I saw that shrug, I was like, I've got to be like Mike. Granted. Mom, get them for me. Granted, I never came anywhere close. Air Gordon never even took off from the airport, but it's oh, fine. Air, Air Gordon. <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. It rhymes at least. Come on. It's, it's good. Awesome. It's you you need a shirt like that. My brother actually got a pair. Of personalized Nike IDs that say Air Gordon. And it says Air Gordon. And they say oh, Air that's Gordon. sick. Okay, okay, Dave. We actually have two. We have two uh, birthday suits left over. Jeez. Two birthday that's suits right. left over. Um, the first. You want the hard one or the easy one first? Um, give me the hard one, and then we'll end it on the easy. We'll end with a definite make. Okay. Sweet. Uh, yes. Okay. Born on August 5th, 19... Oh, by the way, 25%. Jeez. 25%. Because okay. this, okay. It, it's okay. sports, but it's definitely not okay. your sport. And it's, uh, I mean, she's well known, but... Anyway, okay. Born Mm -hmm. uh, August 5th, 1982 in Des Moines, Iowa. Our birthday suit wearer didn't really spend much time with her dad and moved around Mm -hmm. a lot because of her mother's job. In eight years, Mm -hmm. she went to eight different schools. Through Mm -hmm. all the moving, one thing was consistent. She loved track. Mm. She excelled in it. In her senior year, she Mm -hmm. became the Gatorade Athlete of the Year and set a record, high school state record, in the 100-meter hurdles. She ended up going to LSU and running track at LSU. Lolo Jones. Oh my gosh! Nicely yes. done, man. Go. Did you see? Go. Did you see that documentary? Is that why you knew? No. 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 She was on um, Big Brother. Oh yes, she was. I and, saw that in the and yeah. So the, she, you know, they get into your your dark history. Yeah. Dark, but. 
She didn't really get all up in that. She had some pretty great history, actually. I mean, it was just the fact that she didn't win a gold was her dark history. Yeah. Um, Yeah. She ended up going to LSU. She uh, became 11-time All-American at LSU. She made it to the 2008 Olympics uh, and probably Mm would have won the 100-meter hurdles, but she clipped the ninth hurdle. Second Mm -hmm. from last, she clipped it, and she ended up uh, placing seventh when she was in first when she clipped it. Um, For 2012, she ended up placing fourth. She also uh, decided to start doing bobsledding in 2008. Oh, that's right. Yep, yep, yep. And she she ended up winning a world championship in bobsledding, but never a gold medal either. Um, What an athlete. Quite an athlete and Killer looks, man. So true. Killer looks. I think she, she was a virgin on on the show. On she, Big Brother. They she is. Too. That's she right. She mentioned that. She mentioned that uh, in I think it was like 2012 in an interview or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then when she talked to Kevin Hart in his little special where the people get in the ice tubs with him, you know. Yeah. The I. Yeah. 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 She. Uh, I like those. She said she regretted that saying that. Because basically it killed all of her dates from then on because uh, dudes were much less interested, apparently. So uh, <laughs> she said, ah, that was my bad. Shouldn't have said that. But but her and Jimmy Butler had some, had some conversation on Instagram one time through the comments. Say what? Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Lolo was actually scheming on Jimmy Butler. Word. Jimmy Butler posted a picture oh. where he was wearing some LSU stuff, and she posted a comment that said, Welp, there goes my virginity. What? Wait, what? What? Oh. What? Oh. And you know Jimmy Buckets didn't didn't hesitate. He came back with a couple comments. He, he shot his shot, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, he did. He did. You go, Jimmy Buckets. He's one of my favorites. I love Jimmy Butler. Granted, too. I'm not a huge fan of Miami Heat, but you know what? Oh, come on. Jim, Jimmy Buckets makes me a pretty big fan. He makes me a pretty big fan. So true. Uh, anyways, happy birthday to Lolo. All right, we got to move on to the second. Let's see. That'd be Lolo's turn. 38. 38. Oh, wow. Happy birthday, Lolo. Looking good for 38. Like I said, solid. Solid. Okay, here we go. You ready for the second one? This one, I got you at a pretty high. There's just a chance that maybe because it's outside of your range, but 92.3%. I'm really confident. Uh, Born on August 5th, 1962 in Kingston, Jamaica. As a child Mm -hmm. uh, in Jamaica, he loved playing cricket and soccer and was very good at both. Mm -hmm. But he moved with his family to Cambridge, Massachusetts when he was 12 and he started mm-hmm. playing basketball when he was in middle school. Throughout high school, mm-hmm. our birthday suit wearer kept playing basketball, all the while growing and becoming much mm-hmm. more athletic. By the end of high mm-hmm. school, he was 6'11", and one of the most sought-out mm-hmm. players uh, in high school. He ultimately decided mm-hmm. to go to Georgetown and play for John Thompson. Mm-hmm. In his mm-hmm. freshman year, they lost, to the, uh, they lost in the NCAA Finals to Michael Jordan and UNC, in his junior mm-hmm. year, they ended up winning the national championship, the only one that Georgetown has ever won over Houston. Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing is correct. Nicely done. Uh, Man, that was a good birthday suit week for me. Let's it was a good go. pullout. A good pullout with especially the Lolo. I didn't think you'd get it. I was, you know, but luckily Big Brother came through there. Um, yes, sir. 
Throughout uh, Patrick Ewing's college career, one of the, the best players in college. He was the Big East Player of the Year twice. He was the Big East Defensive Player of the Year four years in a row. He was the National College Player of the Year in 1985. Jeez. Then he was drafted number one by the New York Knicks. Uh, in his time in the NBA, he was the Rookie of the Year, a member of the Dream Team, an 11-time All-Star, a second... Uh, a uh, uh, seven-time All-NBA player and named as one of the 50 uh, best players of all time in 1996. He is now head coach of the Georgetown Hoyas. There we go. Yes, and, sir. And survived coronavirus. Say what? He had coronavirus. Oh, I, d- I didn't know he had it. Yeah, he, he got it pretty early in the pandemic. Uh, I think it was like in April maybe or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but from all from all things I've heard, he's doing he's doing fine. So there you go, there you go. Pa- uh, Patrick Ewing turning the big five eight for Patrick Ewing, man five eight. Dang. Happy yeah. birthday, happy birthday, Patrick Ewing. Happy birthday, Lolo, and happy birthday, Neil Armstrong. There we go. All right, Dave. So true. Got some fantastic shows coming up. We're backs up against the wall, but I'll tell you, we got two that are coming up that are fantastic. The next week, Ooh. very excited about Steepwater Band. Steepwater Band mm-hmm. out of Chicago, blues-based band, played with all types of different acts, played with Government Mule, played with Bon Jovi, just all kinds of different okay. people they've played with. They just released their newest album, Turn of the Wheel, came out during the pandemic. We're going to talk to their drummer, Joe Winters. Can't wait. It's going to be good. But until then, we got to wrap it up for now. I have been your host, Doc G. With me is that killer intramural football player, Dave Burles Berlin. Say what? Man, brought me back to some good times, Doc. Yes. Can't wait for football season to come back. Maybe even a little... Adult league football. Oh in the yeah. Future. Oh yeah. Bust out, bust the, the um, the d- dust off the cleats. Yeah. Yeah. We'll oh, get it man. done. That'd be fun. We'll get That'd it be done. Fun. All right. Until next week. Zip it up and zip it out. Zippity doo dah.